Radio Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip the Block, and I'm your host. And yes, we're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues. But the twist is, is that we deliver the news from a law enforcement perspective. And hey, we've got very special guests today. Yes, he's back. Colin Schmidt, retired FBI, all the way from uh, uh, from California. Wow. So, Colin, uh, unmute that microphone. You're uh, you're in a new studio today, are you not? Yeah, I just moved to my new office in the so-called studio in Marietta, California. Yeah, so for purposes of this, since we're live radio, we're just going to go ahead and convert that and say that's a studio that you're in, your new live studio. Okay. okay. <laughs> that's got a nice ring to it, too. So, uh, all right. I'm sure you'll have all those anti-studio people picketing outside your your uh, your your new, your new plat before the end of the show's over. So uh, I mean, you are in California, you know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hey, a shout out to our sponsors. We have Gauls. We have AUFire.com, Gunlearn.com, BlueTheGold.com, and MyMedicare.Live. Want to give a shout out to Brian Burns for the free press at TampaFP.com. Thanks for carrying our content, and also Reed Dietrich of RedVoiceMedia.com. We're streaming to eight locations. Three of those belong to Red Voice Media. They have about a million followers on those three Facebook pages alone at Red Voice Media. So thanks a lot to Red Voice Media, Ray Dietrich, for making that happen. Uh, hey, we have a great lineup. You know, Colin, the very first story, um, it, it caught my attention. And, and, and I thought, wow, you're going to be on the show today. What a perfect opportunity to cover this. You know, Google announced that it's going to revoke access to location history, which will effectively block geofence warrants. So Google's not playing friendly with law enforcement. Some people that are jumping up and down saying, uh, you know, yeah, we don't need to be giving out all that information. You know, that's always fine until something goes down in Seattle or somewhere else where, and I'm not picking on Seattle, but that's one of the, uh, when the last times something went down that I can think of that was highly publicized to where you needed the, the information from, geo, from a geofence warrant in order to, you know, save the day. Uh, so we're going to jump to Mountain View, California. Uh, Google announced that it will change company access to users' location history, meaning that it's no longer going to respond to police geofence warrants. This is according to Forbes. So the warrants are also known as reverse location services. It allows police departments or feds or sheriff's offices or whatever to gather information on every user that's near a crime scene at the time a crime occurred. So you're kind of, uh, you know, you know, your phones are pinging everywhere, but something goes down. And I hate to use, you know, January 6th as an example. But if you want to find out, you know, if something goes down at the U.S. Capitol, you want to find out who was in the vicinity, who was there. Right, Colin? I mean, that's. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and people got to remember, there's two geo uh, warrants types. There's the tower dumps. And then there's these uh, things where you're actually doing a search history or people are accessing their Google accounts or they're pinging off their, their uh, pixel phones against the Google servers. But for uh, Google to say, well, we're not gonna give you this information, uh, they better take another look at the fourth, fifth, and sixth amendment, specifically fourth amendment. If they have the information and there's a court order, they have to give it up. I mean, good luck with that. The only way they're gonna get around that is if they delete that information and then there's gonna be a whole new set of problems for Google. So it's, I think it's kinda, we're starting to see that Google is starting to think they're their own little government and they can uh, you know, do whatever they want. And it's simply, they're, they're gonna lose that battle. Uh, so like Google's like Disney is what you're saying. Hey, <laughs> well, I don't know if it's at, at that point, but you know it's a trillion dollar corporation, and they're and they're starting to think that well, we're going to make up our own rules. And, and the bottom line is the bottom line is if you have the information and it's a lawful 
warrant from a magistrate, you have to give up that information. Because the next phase of this is the FBI or somebody then start getting search warrants and going in there and taking those servers. Will that ever happen? Probably not because the, the technological, uh, you know, things that overcome are just amazingly high. But anything's possible in this environment. You know, if I was, a, well, I mean, I, I say, I was going to say, if I was a Fed, I would do this and do that. The nice thing about working with a, with a medium-sized PD, I was with Tampa, but I didn't have to ask for permission to do a lot of things. Things have changed today where there's a lot of hoops, but I know that's always one thing that, and I never, I always, you know, thought about going the Fed route, but, but I was very aware with all my friends and I worked with a lot of Feds because I did organized crime and public corruption, but you know, the, the, the red tape involved with, uh, with making decisions on what they do and stuff. Um, there, there was that, but I, I tell you, I would, I would fully support them in yanking those servers and showing up, you know, if they were, if they refuse to hand over information. Now I, I know you've got Disneyland over there. We have Disney world over here in Florida. And, and of course they've been humbled quite a bit by governor, you know, Ron DeSantis recently. So uh, that's why the Disney thing popped into well, it. And it kind of comes down to this, God forbid there's a, there's an, a, a terrorist attack in San Jose and we're going to need to know the government is going to need to know what phones were in the vicinity of that terrorist attack, whether it be through a tower dump or through Google or through Apple or through whatever. But the geolo, the word is that if the information is there, the government, there's going to be a time where the government's going to absolutely need it. And if Google sits and says, well, we're not going to give it to you, they will lose. Well, according to Michael Price, um, you know, he's, well, I'll tell you where he's from in just a second, but he said that from a practical perspective, judges are often concerned about taking a tool away from law enforcement. Now, he's a litigation director for the Fourth Amendment Center. It's at the National Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers, of all people. Uh, but here he says that decision has been made uh, and may lower the stakes in some respects for finding it unconstitutional. So he's just saying they've just gone ahead and made that decision, you know, without, I guess, getting the courts involved. He goes on to say that almost all geofence warrants have been um, have been targeted at Google, according to this report. And while the warrants could theoretically be used to obtain information from other tech companies, Google was one of the companies to maintain its access location history data. Um, and then we've got Owen California. Everything centers around California. Wow. <laughs> um, and he, he wrote on X, which is formerly Twitter, uh, that while the move makes sense for Google from a business perspective, it could be a bummer for public safety from a public safety standpoint. And, um, and then they go on to talk about how geofencing is what they're calling it. It's really gone. It, it solved a lot of major cases. I mean, critical stuff like you just mentioned one as well. I mean, uh, you know, terrorism and everything. So, and I'm usually, I usually associate like the Marshall service and stuff when I think about, you know, this kind of technology, uh, but it, but it's not isolated to them. In fact, it used to be one of the things that you wanted to keep a lid on. You didn't want everybody knowing about the capabilities of how well the marshals find people and track them down and stuff. Now, a lot of the stuff is a little bit more out there than what it used to be. Well, yeah, and then, I mean, you can just go up to that the horrific murders in Idaho. I have I don't know the ins and outs, but I'm fairly certain they used geofencing to as another layer of evidence against the gentleman who killed all those uh, college kids. So, you know, Google wants to, you know, play, have, Google wants to have it both ways, and so do all the tech companies. And there's going to be a, a time when, you know, Big Brother's going to come in and say, no, you, you want to do business in the United States, well, then you're going to have to adhere to our rules, our laws, and, and, be a, be a good uh, corporate citizen as well. Uh, I, well, I can't wait to see what comes down the pike on this because I, I hope that Google, uh, and I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge fan. Um, 
you know, after what's been going on with like us trying to get, you know, YouTube trying to cancel us and, and what's going on with, you know, Facebook and everything, but I, I can't wait for them to get it handed to them. So I'll be, we'll be watching and, and covering it on the show. I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, you know, moving along, we've got a, another story. It's an update story on police one LAPD. So yeah, we're still in California calling. So thanks for being on the show, buddy. Uh, <laughs> LAPD, it works to allow new, this blows my mind. The new DACA officers, they're going to allow them to keep their service weapons while they're off duty. Now, people are probably listening to this and saying that maybe they're not paying attention to what DACA, you know, means, what it stands for. They're just saying, hey, cops taking their service weapons while they're off duty, keeping them home. Yeah, we want cops armed when they're not on duty, too. You know, they're dangerous to the job and get more more good guys with guns out there than bad guys with guns. Listen to the story, guys, and let's let's get a little edumacated on this to the LAPD. Look, we're already in California, so we know that some of the decisions out there are kind of, you know, out there, right? So they're looking to adjust the policies allowing immigrant officers. So remember what DACA officers are, or DACA stands for. And so we've got immigrant officers, and they have what they call a deferred citizenship. And they want to allow them to keep their, their, their firearms while they're off duty, according to NBC Los Angeles. Now, federal law actually prohibits residents of the United States under the Deferred Action for childhood arrivals, which is known as DACA, prevents them from owning firearms. Now, LAPD has been allowing them while they're working to be able to carry firearms, but now they're seeking to include officers off-duty hours as a continuation of their official duties or their on-duty hours, making it legal for DACA recipients to take their service firearms home with them. They say making it legal. I think it's a bunch of BS. I don't think there's any that, 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 that that can withstand the scrutiny of the court. But it goes on to say that when these current individuals who are DACA recipients graduate from the academy, it would be appropriate for us to have a written policy that clearly defines what their authorities and responsibilities are given their position as a police officer. And this is according to Chief Michael Moore, who's just been a disaster. Everything we cover that goes south in L.A., Chief Michael Moore's name is right at the top of it. But I can't I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this, Colin. Well, it, first of all, is there is, is this a solution for a problem that doesn't even exist or barely exists? I'd like to know how many DACA officers do you have? Number one, we haven't found that out. Number two, uh, okay, why do you need? Why are you getting DACA officers? And if that's if that's your choice, so be it. And number three, three, <clears throat> excuse me, why do you get to do this end around? The law is the law, and you're going to start getting cute with the law. You're you end up getting yourself in a, a, a whole lot of trouble once again with Big Brother. And I understand Sanctuary City and all this other kind of stuff that's going on in L.A., but there's going to come to a, a boiling point with all this nonsense where even the people in L.A. that are liberal are going to say, wait a second, time out. I can't even get a firearm. I can't even wear, uh, you know, you're not going to let me have one because of all these hoops you need me to jump through. But then you're going to have somebody that has barely has status in the United States have one. And then, God forbid some incident happens off duty with a DACA officer, then you're going to see a, a whole lot of uh, shuffling with all these rules and everybody's going to be like, then the point, then the finger pointing starts. Yeah. It, you know, it's not if that ha that's going to happen. Call it. It's, it's when, am I not right? It's going to happen. So absolutely. So, uh, so leave it to leave it to LAPD to be a trendsetter in this area. I can't wait to hear, um, the uh, the fallout from that involving the DACA recipients. But look, it's time for our first commercial break. Stick with us, guys. We will be right back. All right, guys, you know, it's time to talk about the new Gauls at Gauls.com slash Leo, the country's leading uniform, clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement. And they have a variety of offerings, everything from 
multi-tools and flashlights, the duty boots and tactical gear. And as our panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett always says, they pretty much have everything for uh, for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. Now, you, you saw Colin got up a second ago, and he went to go start placing his orders at Gaul. So, guys, I'm telling you, don't wait. They will be sold out of the item you want if you're not careful because that's what Colin's doing during the show. You see him typing and doing all kinds of stuff. So it's Gauls.com slash Leo. That's right. And he's got a cell phone, too. And, and look, the Christmas is right around the corner, and they have Gauls gift cards. And they also have it for firefighters as well, you know, our host dragger buddy. So, look, whether you're law enforcement, firefighters, you have family, friends, or loved ones involved with those professions, you go to Gauls.com slash Leo. Load up on those gift cards, and you'll have some new best friends. That's right. Gauls.com slash Leo. Don't wait to go there. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. Colin Schmidt in California. The floor is yours. Any, any oh, words? Uh, it's just uh, L.A., L.A., just take a breath. All these sanctuary cities, take a breath. Let's take a step back and actually start. Let's think about, start thinking about your constituents and the people who've been there uh, for 40, 50, 60 years and start thinking about them first. And then I understand that you, you want to take care of all, you know, the the whole uh, give us your tired and your poor. But there comes a point when we we all need to take a breath and we need to understand there's only finite resources to do all these things. And there needs to be a time when we need to just, just take a pause on all this crazy nonsense. That makes that just makes too much sense, Colin. I love it. All right. I know. Imagine that. All right, moving along. Uh, let's. Uh, I think we have some stories with some video components. And look, guys, for our radio listeners and podcast listeners, you know that are getting the audio version of the show, please stay loyal to that platform that's bringing you this quality content. We're describing great detail what's going on, so you guys don't feel like you're missing out on anything. If, however, you feel the need to watch a video component, you know we take this live show, which is mm -hmm. Monday through Friday during the lunch hour, twelve to one o'clock p.m., and we reproduce it the following day at nine o'clock in the morning on our Rumble channel. And that is Tuesday through Saturday. So we will have uh, those professionally produced segments. They'll have embedded videos of any videos that we talk about, pictures of the good guys, the bad guys. It makes for an uh, interesting way to watch the show that we simply can't do during a live, broad, a live broadcast. So this story at Rumble.com, our favorite law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter. Body cam shows NYPD officers there shoot a man that's armed with a knife and scissors outside an assisted living facility. Wow. So uh, NYPD, you know, we got a lot of the assisted living facilities here in Florida. NYPD says officers shot a man armed with a knife and scissors on Friday in the Bronx. He's taken to the hospital with critical injuries. So police respond to this call. It's about 840 in the morning and they get a call from a caseworker at an assisted living facility. He reports this guy is in stress and he also has a large pair of scissors. So those are two. <laughs> those are two things that that should not go together. Right. So when officer. Elizeal uh, Penadia shows up, and Officer Frank Voice. Uh, they get there, and this guy, his name is Lauren Gordon. He's 38 years old. He allegedly runs at them with the scissors, and he also has a 12-inch kitchen knife. So, yeah, that, that makes the story even worse. So the subject then decides to turn his sights on a civilian who's smoking a cigarette outside the location. So the article says that uh, he goes after this male citizen with the scissors, and the officer's were able to do the officer thing, distract the bad guy, give him commands to drop the scissors, and they act like it saved the day. Well, I don't know what video they're talking about, calling and writing about, because that's not what I saw. Um, 
And, you know, they're, it says that they distract him and give him commands to drop the scissors when he's trying to, you know, approach the, uh, the civilian and take the civilian out with stuff. And I'm thinking, so they solved this problem. I mean, they've got, you know, they've got guns on them, right? But they are giving them commands to keep him from stabbing the citizen because we all know that crazy people with knives and scissors always obey commands given by law enforcement, right? Uh, but actually what happened, civilian ended up seeing the threat and he starts yelling and moving away. He runs away from the bad guy while the bad guy's trying to get close to him. So I didn't see what they described as the law enforcement officers, you know, saving the day. The cop uh, that was closest didn't even raise his firearm and pointed at the bad guy until after the civilian was in the clear. I kept waiting for the gun to come up and boom, blow the bad guy away because, you know, this is about to take a turn south. Uh, so anyhow, I was a little disappointed in the, uh, it's all This Is Butter gets it from other news sources. It's not This Is Butter's fault. It's just the news source did not <laughs> give accurate reporting. And uh, so at this time, it says in a full-fledged sprint, our bad guy comes at one of the officers and B.G. Gordon, uh, this is, uh, he, you know, he throws a backpack at the officer, Penadias, which was not in the article. I just put that in there. So the officer fires three times. He hits the guy twice. So at least he hit him two out of the three shots. And now, of course, the guy's in critical condition. Colin. Well, it, it, I think this is kind of, uh, you know, once again, I, I kind of hesitate criticizing local law enforcement because I was not a lo local law enforcement. I, Marshal Service was the closest I got to that. But it's almost, it, I, this is kind of like a, a dog chasing a car. They get there, then all of a sudden, wait a second, we got a problem here. And there's a little bit of analysis paralysis going on. And then when they finally did engage, they engaged after uh, this uh, uh, civilian was basically in the line of fire and caught up in this, this chaos and this mess. So, uh, but on the flip side, though, the good guys won, bad guy lost, and this is going to happen more and more and more until uh, we as a society gets a hold and get our arms around this mental health problem. It's only going to get worse. And frankly, I think with the rise of social media, I think some of these crazy people want to do this so they can get some some notoriety or some some ability to uh get on tv we are you had that show uh, about that youtuber that was messing with people and he ended up getting shot so it's it just like this, this the, yeah. the chaos and, and nuttiness is just going everywhere in society yeah we definitely have gone to where we uh, treat mental illness to where we now institutionalize these guys in prison which is a sad a sad thing to witness over you know the last you know 30, 40 years that I've seen it going down. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the rise of Thorazine and that was the, you know, take a pill, it's all solved. I mean, it's simply not the, how things work because guess what? What happens when they stop taking their medication? Law yeah. enforcement has to deal with it. You yeah. Know? You know, the medication works so well that you start to think, yeah, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. I don't really need it anymore. I mean, yep. that always happens. You know, you're not unique in feeling that way. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just amazing how they just they just think that all of a sudden they don't have to take that magic pill anymore. And, and sure enough, you know, then it becomes a law enforcement issue and people are upset because they call law enforcement, but they don't want a law enforcement response. Wow. Exactly. And, and what is the purpose of law enforcement to protect society? OK, now the society has to define what protection means. And, and these are these cops are human beings. And hopefully they have a little bit of common sense. Although I know Mark Twain said common sense is not common with everybody. But if they're there and they want to hurt that law enforcement officer, that law enforcement officer is going to kill them, period. He's going to do what he needs to do to stop that threat. And let's let's give these cops the tools to be able to to, you know, get, come through this without having to harm uh, somebody who's mental mental distress. 
Yeah, I would think a guy with scissors and with a large kitchen knife would fit the qualifications for, uh, you know, for that. And yeah, I, I hate to see cops over. Like, look, I know it's a new day and age. I know cops are worried about getting indicted. Agencies not having their back, especially when they're liberal jurisdictions. I get it. I'm yep. fortunate enough to, to work for a uh, an agency where, other than when I had to become a whistleblower, they always had my back, except for that. You know, but I work in Florida. Um, things have changed. And, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I just, I just, um, I see creative, creative writing, but I, you know, I think that we should just tell it like it is, call it straight, good or bad. And then we can make educated decisions going forward on what, you know, what the right thing to do and, uh, and, and the wrong thing and learn from our mistakes. But commercial break, we'll be right back. All right, guys, if you're struggling with the ins and outs of warrantless searches and seizures, or what about the liability of getting it wrong? Say hello to bluethegold.com. They translate search and seizure doctrines into clear, straightforward concepts that any officer can relate to. Plus, they give the training for free thanks to BlueTheGold.com's free weekly webinars. Now, next week, they're talking about SRO and the Fourth Amendment. Wow. Sign up at BlueTheGold.com today. Join thousands of your peers in blue and step up your legal game because, frankly, you and your agency cannot afford not to. All right. So moving along, guys, it is time to talk about AU Fire at AUFire.com. Accuracy under fire. And now your agencies can prepare their Leos for the mental challenges associated with being wounded on duty, forcing them to adapt, problem solve, refocus, and overcome to effectively neutralize the threat. AUFire.com is the only option to safety prepare Leos for the incident intense, random, and distracting immobilization of a body part associated with a debilitating wound. AUFire.com. Check out the cool video. Learn about the product. AUFire.com. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656 especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby, meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays, find plans that your doctors accept, and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, mymedicare.live. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show, still live from the Boss Hog Studios in Plant City, Florida. So on this uh, on this last story, Colin, any more uh, any more comments before we, we mention the, uh, the story coming up on Friday? Yes, every community gets this law enforcement they deserve. If they're not going to support their cops, and obviously it has to be within reason, the cops have to behave and they have to follow the rules. But with all this nonsense that's going on, the 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 state of policing in certain areas, specifically Los Angeles, Minneapolis, New York, is really going down it to the tubes, and the people are starting to rise up and figure out, hey, I, we need to have a strong law enforcement presence and we need to have cops that are actually going to go out there and, and protect us against bad people because guess what uh you know society is society you're going to have that 10 or 12 or 15 percent that are going to want to do harm to others good point now a second ago you just kind of whet the appetite for some of our streamers because you made a post on here and i'm going to go and show it again and colin wrote make sure to tune in friday i'm on with mark crier which is a sheriff, Mark Ryder from uh, it's a, it's a Wawa County, I guess, uh, in yep. Washington State, uh, who is also retired FBI. We're discussing FBI senior exec getting sentenced to uh, 50, 50 months. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that that one. Uh, uh, Mark and I were on the SWAT team together in Milwaukee. Served together for almost seven years. Uh, he went on, uh, and then he had he had his own whistleblower uh, issue with the FBI. 
and that involves specifically a, a couple of senior executives. And then now he's uh, uh, a sheriff in eastern Washington state. Uh, and we both have some very strong opinions about this nonsense with these senior executives where, frankly, this guy should have gotten triple that. I've had embezzlers that got more time than this guy got. Wow. So that'll be Friday show. We have two retired FBI guys. Uh, wow. And that's going to, you guys are going to tear it up, Colin. I can't wait till Friday show. So, so that said, uh, Cronus Investigations, can you give our users a little bit more information about, you know, what they, what you do and how they can, uh, you know, how they can get a hold of you? Well, I'm, uh, it's Cronus, Cronus, C H R O N O S I N V.com. I'm a private investigator, but I'm starting to specialize more into expert witness testimony as well as forensic accounting. Also doing uh, a lot of work in cryptocurrency. So if you got an, uh, an embezzlement or some sort of fraud investigation and you need some help, reach out and I will, I will do my best to make sure the bad guy goes to, 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 to prison or at least you get your money back. Or, or, or that he gets more than 50 months in, in, in prison if he, if he does, if he, if he takes the ride. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Got to love it. All right. Thanks. Uh, Cronusinv.com. Uh, so look, our next story, uh, I believe has also got a video component and it's at rumble.com, our favorite video, law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter. Idaho Falls Police, they release footage of what happened when a suspect is shot in a car dealership's lot. Drop the gun, dude! Drop the gun! Drop the gun now! When a suspect shot towards police outside of a hotel, so Idaho State Police Trooper stops the car for traffic violation. It's early in the morning on December the 4th. So uh, body cam and patrol car footage shows the suspect identified as Marcos Cortez. He's only 34 years old. He gets out of the car while he's in the parking lot of the Candlewood Suites Hotel. I'm sure that you've, you've stayed there probably many times, Colin. And uh, he ends up shooting at the officers, and he, he runs away. So officers follow him on foot to a car dealership, and right then, the, the cavalry's arriving, so other officers are getting there as well. So in the video, Cortez is seen pointing the gun at himself. Officers are yelling at him, drop the gun multiple, time, multiple times before shots end up being heard. So Cortez is seen falling between a couple of the cars, and the video shows him... Uh, he that he shot himself before the officers ended up firing their weapon. So, uh, but there's also a, a canine component that they haven't even mentioned in this yet. But I'll get to that get to that in a second. Police Chief Johnson said that Cortez fired five rounds. That's our bad guy. Two rounds at the Idaho State Pol uh, Police Trooper and two rounds at the Idaho Falls Police Officer, and then of course one at himself. Now, while this is going down, and while you're watching this, there's a canine that's running around from the very first shot. But this canine is charging this bad, this dude with the gun that's been shooting. And the canine's about to go, it's become the fur missile that's launching through the air to bite the bad guy. I had to watch this because I, you know, when I watch the videos, I don't read the transcript of what happened. I watch the video and try to ascertain what happened from just from watching the video. I had to watch this over and over again because I thought that. You know, I really thought that maybe the canine handler, the guy had a gun. I thought a canine handler shot the bad guy just before the canine was going to bite him. And I thought that he was fearful that the guy was going to shoot the canine partner. Uh, but but he, he, I guess he saw the dog coming at him and he just sticks it up underneath his chin and just like pulls the trigger, kills himself because he's, maybe he wanted to do that instead of getting bit. I don't know. But Johnson said that Idaho, Idaho Falls police officer 
fired three rounds and another officer fired one round. The trooper fired multiple rounds. Officer Mitch Bierna and Sergeant Kevin Gomez were the Idaho uh, police officers or the Idaho Falls police officers who fired their weapons. And um, and I tell you that canine getting released and stuff. The canine, I think he got the bite on the bad guy, but it was a corpse instead of a, a living a living flesh he was biting into. Colin. No, I, I thought at first it was the immaculate shot, you know, uh, where he got one at 50, 50 meters. But uh, it, it, this is a perfect example of action reaction, how quickly somebody with a gun to their head can actually take the gun off their head and, and put a round down range on a, on a law enforcement officer. And as usual, thank God for canines. Uh, apparently, they're trying to get rid of canines in a couple of different jurisdictions, I believe in Illinois and maybe even probably California knowing actually it is California, but canines are an amazingly effective tool to, to save lives, not only the lives of law enforcement officers, but even the lives of the bad guys, because you, you get that bite. They all of a sudden figure out, yeah, this isn't a fight worth fighting anymore. And they, they usually give up. Yeah. So I, I, I wouldn't say that um, it's an ideal situation to release a canine on a bad guy with a gun or even with a knife. We, we do see that going on. Uh, it makes me question the policies of some of the uh, some of these agencies that allow that because now that canines are considered um, or treated as law enforcement officers, you know, if they get killed in line of duty. So, um, so I have some questions about some of that stuff. But, uh, but wow, just a a wild dynamic, uh, you know, uh, video. Wow, wow. Well, you hit the nail on the head. It's like, okay, when do you release the canine? Because the canine is is a, is a partner, you know, and are, are, would you put yourself in that? I know it's a, a dog and not a human being, but in this case, was it appropriate to put the, the dog on this guy when he had a gun to his head? Because obviously, you know, in another situation, he was going to shoot the dog. And then it, it's an absolute certainty that this guy is going to end up being lit up by every single law enforcement oh, yeah. officer in and, and then there's going to be cops coming from everywhere. Because one thing about cops, firemen, everybody, everybody loves dogs. Yeah, yeah. Just some of them are Dalmatians and some of them are shepherds <laughs> and the Bouviers. So, yeah, yeah you got to love it. All right, uh, moving along here. Let's see. We've got uh, what producer Jimmy's giving us a little less than three minutes before our last commercial break. So let's go uh, to Seattle real quick. On Police One, they got an article that says Seattle ordered is ordered to pay more than 600 k uh, to an officer ruled wrongfully terminated. Uh, so yeah, so we're just uh, in Washington state here. Um, so Seattle police officer fired after she and a colleague um, fired dozens of rounds at a stolen car that was fleeing a crowded neighborhood. And it says that she was wrongfully, ter they were wrongfully terminated. Arbitrator ruled this underscoring ongoing accountability issues, uh, dogging the department of possibly undermining efforts to finally end a federal Oversight, so consent decree. Wow, these always circle back, right? So the arbitrator, who's an attorney in Wisconsin, did not order Officer Tabitha Sexton reinstated to her job at the Seattle Police Department, and she was a patrol officer. He said that she's likely um, moved on from her 2017 firing. Now, look, 2017—that was what at least six years ago. But the arbitrator did say uh, that the city had to pay back wages and based on her prior salary, it exceeded $600,000. So Seattle Mayor Bruce Harrell condemned the decision, saying the policy violations were clear and the discipline commensurate with the seriousness of the incident. So as far as the firing, it goes on to talk about, you know, some stuff involved in the termination, some other stuff that was going on. But uh, the arbitrator's name is Stanley uh, Michael Stetter, and he did a 40-page ruling, you know, talking about Poor, poor judgment, 
attempt to minimize uh, the actions as a uh, as the officer, um, and that the chief was wrong to fire Sexton. It goes on and on about that. Any uh, any comments on this one, uh, Colin? Well, it's hard to kind of get into the weeds here because we don't know the circumstances of why she was fired. Um, but the big but is places like Seattle, who has that the community there is hopefully they're waking up, but their support of the police is minimal and they're giving out thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars signing bonuses. This is kind of stuff is gonna happen more and more because frankly, people with good judgment, their good judgment's gonna say, I'm not gonna be a cop in Seattle. And so you're going to get people who don't have good judgment, but they want that $40,000 signing bonus. So these are going to happen more and more and more. It's going to be somewhat of a death loop for, for law enforcement there in Seattle. Yeah, you know, you hope the light bulb goes off eventually, and they're not going to get the cops they need by offering money. And anybody willing to put up to go to work an agency like that for the money, that those are definitely the people you don't want. They're motivated by the wrong thing. But look, it's time for a last commercial break. We'll be right back. You know, guys, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition or how much you think that you know, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. Gunlearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning. They've actually made it easy. Gunlearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offer a step-by-step -step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like our panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to assure accuracy. And their training is approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all factions of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar. And you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at GunLearn. Com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. Colin, any more words before we move on to our next one? I just, if you live in Seattle, go <laughs> move to Florida. <laughs> All right, that is that is some of the best advice you're going to hear, guys. Uh, so look, moving along, let's see, we have another story with a video component. Again, we'll describe in great detail what's going on for our audio listeners. At Rumble.com, our favorite law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter, we have a dash cam that shows a driver ramming patrol vehicles, that is plural, during a welfare check, and two people end up being arrested. And you know what? When you're doing a welfare check, you know, just check and making sure someone's okay. You never know, right, Colin? You never know what you're going to get. And, and Colin kind of discounts, you know, he worked for the Marshals Service. Let me tell you, I, uh, I work with the Marshals, man. Those guys, let me tell you, they don't play around. They get the job done. What a great outfit to work for. Wow. But on Friday, December the 9th, 8.21 in the evening, Tigard Police um, in Oregon, these officers respond to a welfare check. Now, the caller reports two individuals. They're slumped over in the back of a Subaru. All right. So we've already got one flag here, Colin, because they're driving a Subaru, okay? That's one flag, okay? It could be, wor it could be worse. It could be, you know, a Honda or a Volvo. But, but yeah, we've got a Subaru. So an officer approaches the driver, suspects uh, drug influence, and initiates a conversation. So in response, the driver, <laughs> in response to the conversation, he starts ramming two patrol cars multiple times, and he narrowly misses an officer that's on foot. So following this, the driver flees southbound in the northbound lanes uh, without his lights being on, because remember, it's nighttime. So due to the safety concerns and patrol car damage, the pursuing officer discontinues the chase. That surprised me. 
bonafide bad guy doing this crap, and they just break it off, right? So assistance is sought from neighboring Sherwood, uh, Tulleton, and Washington County Sheriff's Office involving canines and aerial support, air service. So when they utilize uh, utilizing witnesses, road debris, the smell of burning oil, it just goes on and on and on. A resident reported individuals running through a backyard, so it finally leads them to discover a ditch Subaru in a driveway. So through canine tracks, the passenger, Brittany Claudus, 22 years old, is uh, found in the backyard of a home and armed with a concealed loaded gun. So she ends up being charged with unlawful possession of a firearm. So I'm assuming that she's a prohibited person, perhaps maybe a convicted felon. But the driver, his name is Matthew uh, Hodgson. He's 25 years old. He's located hiding inside and he's underneath the canopy in the back of, a, of the truck. So he faces charges, including assault um, against two officers, uh, assaulting a public safety officer, attempting to elude, felon in possession. Yeah, all these all these great charges coming down. And officers from one of the Ram patrol cars uh, had to go to the hospital for evaluation with minor injuries and ended up being released. But just a wild, another wild dynamic video that shows you just never know what you could expect, especially on welfare calls. I, I, I'm just, you know, it, it's, it, it never ceases to amaze me the depths of stupidity of people, whether they're under the influence or not. Uh, and, you know, the thing about these kind of cases is uh, that law enforcement, you're going up into the situation, you can actually in some way control the scene. So having the, the that much distance between the car and your car, and I understand from their perspective, well, there was just going to be a, 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 a knuckle knock on a window to see if they were okay. And then it went to, you know what? So, uh, you know, this is just, just nonsense. And I feel for these cops because they're like, okay, you're probably, probably getting close to getting off shift too. Going, wait a second. I just want to just knock on the window, tell them to, to move along and then, and then get along with everything. And then it turned into a, a, a you know what show where everybody's involved now. Yeah, it, yeah, you got. It makes you wonder. Well, look, don't, don't, don't think too hard on that one because we we have one coming up in closer to your neck of the woods over in Long Beach, California. So we're still at Rumble, still on this is butter. Long Beach released a video of a man shot by Long Beach police, and is it called? Is it called uh, Montebello? Is that how you pronounce Montebello. it? Montebello. Yep, Montebello. Yeah. And he he tried to kill a witness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, oh, 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 oh,
So this is a, uh, yeah, this is another one of those, you know, wild stories. It's just, uh, you know, kind of crazy. So, um, so the guy, the man, a man shot and injured a Long Beach uh, police officer in Montebello in October, and he's wanted on suspicion of attempting to kill a key witness in a murder case involving another member of his gang. This according to a court document obtained by the Southern California News Group. And it goes on to say that uh, the police shooting happened October the 31st. So that's what Halloween, right? At a Chevron gas station. So in November, Long Beach police released a video showing the moments leading up to a detective firing twice at Oscar Alejandro Ramirez. He's only 33 years old and he's from Montebello. He hits this guy once in the upper body as he attempts to drive away after police surround him. Let me tell you, the units moved in on this guy. It was, it was a great video and very crystal clear. Ramirez, our bad guy, ran multiple civilian and police vehicles in the gas station. And there's even a, uh, a gang unit. I mean, there's like guys all, all decked out in gear, but there's a gang, uh, a cool car that pulls up that gets rammed too. He hit one undercover police SUV, one civilian SUV before the first shot was fired. And then a moment before he hit the undercover minivan with the detective in it, the detective was knocked out through an open door after Ramirez rammed it with his car. These guys are getting rid of the bailout, so they had the slide door open. Of course, you know, one of them gets ejected. Ramirez, our bad guy, flees and hits another car with two occupants who ended up not being injured, thank goodness. But officers found him on the, on the uh, I guess, on the ground in the garage, which is about a block south of his home. A detective wrote in the court document that Ramirez, our bad guy, was identified as a suspect in a number of crimes, including attempted murder of a woman that Ramirez and other members of his gang thought was going to testify against uh, a gang member in an upcoming preliminary hearing. So this is kind of the stuff you see in like movies and stuff. It's kind of crazy. Um, you know, this thing going down, uh, commentary, Colin, we got three minutes. Well, well, you just always picking on California, of course, but, uh, you know, the, the first thing I'm going to uh, say is, okay, the way these officers reacted to this, does it have anything to do with Gaston being the DA because Long Beach is in LA County? Uh, number one, uh, number two, once again, I try to avoid, uh, avoid, criticism of uh, law enforcement, but you get to pick the place where you arrest people. Was this the best place to execute this operation in a, at a gas station? And there, there might've been a reason for it. Whereas, uh, you know, we don't know the big picture. And in number three, uh, you know, thank God more people did not get hurt or didn't get hurt uh, seriously because this was chaos. Absolute oh, yeah. chaos. Hey, well, look, let's stay in Long Beach. This one, and we're still at, uh, you know, this is Butter's channel on Rumble. Graphic video of a Long Beach officer. So we're still at Long Beach, but it's another situation. The officer fatally shot a knife wielding suspect after he stabs his mother. Department, man, put your hands up. All right, man, do me a favor. I, I need you to drop the, what's on your hands right now. Drop the knife. I know, Eddie. Eddie, I need you to drop the knife now, man. Eddie, I'm trying to help you out, man. Drop the knife, man. Please. Eddie, I need it. you to drop the knife. Tell me to do it. Knife, now. Put it on the ground, man. Eddie. Hey! <laughs> Eddie, drop the knife, man. Drop the knife! Eddie! Trying to help you out, man. Drop the knife. I see a knife down, man. Club up, club up. I got gloves. Hey, Eddie, stay on the ground, man. Eddie! Eddie! He's still holding the knife. Eddie! 
Drop the knife, man. We're trying to help you out. So, yeah, 38-year-old guy, he's armed with a knife, shot several times by an officer after stabbing himself and his mother at their North Long Beach residence that happened in November. So in the morning, November the 8th, 911 caller reports that her son, er, I guess, uh, er, Roberto Pelazala, uh, he starts stabbing himself with a knife and threatened to kill his family members at their home, according to the Long Beach Police Department. Officers initially respond to the incident as an attempted suicide, but while they're heading to the house, they learn that our guy had stabbed his mother. So the mother, along with the younger brother, had barricaded themselves inside the bedroom. So an arriving officer founds our bad guy inside the kitchen. He's still armed with a knife. They order him to drop the weapon. So Penzola, he's covered with blood from self-inflicted stab wounds, repeatedly tells the officer, they told me to do it. I didn't want to do it, uh, but they told me to do it. The officer fires five shots at our bad guy. He falls to the ground, continues to try to stand back up with the knife still in his hand, and the officer then shoots him five more times. Then he's taken to the hospital where he later dies from uh, gunshot wounds and self-inflicted stab wounds. We got, we got it. Wow. You don't get these stories every day. Uh, Wow, a little over a minute. Go ahead, Colin. Well, well, you, you get them every day from California, but uh, a couple points here. It's a great video to show how slippery blood is and how it's just simply like grease. So uh, the officers did great, did not engage, but then the officer that was shooting him kept, kept telling him, I'm going to help you. I want to help you. I want to help you. And then bam, bam, bam. So I guess, all right, well, uh, hey, that's how you get help in Long Beach. You know, that's the bottom line. Yeah, well, you know, I... I'm I'm not shedding any tears on this one because uh, you know probably saved lives, but the bad guy could have died from self-inflicted wounds anyhow. But probably saved lives. I think it was completely justified shoot number one, but number two, saved lives because this bad guy is not going to be around the stab anymore, family members or anybody else because he's hearing voices and stuff. Crazy. Well, and in Long Beach PD is a fantastic department, but once I've said this many times, it just irritates me that now this officer is going to have to deal with the burden of taking somebody's life. Because that is a burden, you know, you know, cops are not wired to kill people. And because this guy and whatever his issues are now, now somebody else has to be involved in his drama. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Problem solved. All right. Hey, great show, Colin, at cronusinv.com. Uh, Thanks so much for being on the show. Appreciate it. Also want to mention the Wounded Blue at thewoundedblue.org. You know, they got that guitarsforcops.com. So that's guitars, the number four, copscops.com. And they've got just a great opportunity to uh, donate to your, one of your favorite causes and they get a, a guitar signed from one of your favorite, you know, artists. Wow. Um, also want to give a shout out to our sponsors. We have GallsAFire.com, Gunler.com, BlueTheGold.com, MyMedicare.live. And a shout out again to Brian Burns with the free press at TampaFP.com and Ray Dietrich of RedVoiceMedia.com. Uh, you know, the Wounded Blue, Colin, what a great organization. And some, uh, you know, Randy Sutton from Las Vegas Metro, he's really put a good thing together. So hopefully our listeners will uh, check them out. It's a great 501c3. They're helping cops out in the world of hurt, suffering from things like PTSD and other issues. So thanks, guys, for being here. Watch Friday's show, and we'll see you back tomorrow at 12 noon.